Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez is the Best. Today is Friday, November 4, 2022. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else but stick around. You might learn something new. Happy November, everyone. Remember, remember the 5th of November? When was that? When the gun treason plot. Anyway, I digress. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. It's November. It's one more month until Christmas and New Year's. So unbelievably fast. I've been out of a job for almost a year now. <laughs> Man, what have I done? Nothing much. You know, hang around, go on vacation, gain weight. The things that you do when you're not doing anything. But how is your week going so far? I did a lot this week, so let's get started, all right? So let's talk about movies. I know you guys like the movies that we watch or that I watch and that you, you like to you like to know my thoughts on them. So let's go over a few. Let's start with some old ones so that I can share some spoilers on it. Uh, since it was Halloween season, uh, we, we were watching more of a scary-slash-thriller movies to to get in the zone. And a rewatch that uh, we did recently was Misery. Misery, the Stephen King book turned film starring Kathy Bates, who actually won an Academy Award for Best Actress for the her portrayal of Annie, whatever her name is, the villain in that movie. And also, up until now, I, I discovered, you know, I, I like to do my research into movies after watching them again, is that it is the only Stephen King movie adaptation to win an Oscar. Which is kind of surprising because Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption is one of those. I forgot what else's Stephen King books have been made into movies. A lot. But it's the only one that's taken home an Oscar. So Misery was was pretty good. It still holds up pretty well. It came out in 1990 or something like that. Uh, visually, it's, it's not a very... It, it doesn't need a lot of uh, technical or CGI effects anyway. But it aged pretty well. James Caan, the, the main guy in it, was pretty good. And yeah, solid, solid, solid movie. It's not on Netflix, so you have to find it online. But... I'm a I'm a fan. I hadn't seen it since I was maybe 11 years old, 12 years old. And it's weird. I don't know why I was allowed to watch that movie. It's pretty violent. That there's that one scene, right, where she breaks that guy's legs and she's like, I forgot the, f- the phrase she uses, but she's like it's hurting time. <laughs> I don't know what she says, but she snaps that guy's legs. Oh, it's so gross. So, yeah, misery, misery, pretty good. Uh in terms of New movies, horror movies, we watched in the theater the movie Smile. Smile was actually pretty good. I'll I'll give it that. It does have too many jump scares, in my opinion. I think jump scares are, are effective when used correctly. But if they keep using jump scares, A, I anticipate that there's always going to be a fucking jump scare when the camera is not focused in... You know, you know, you know when a jump scare is coming, right? When they show a close up of the character and they're not showing you what you think it, where you think the bad guy's coming from. 
And then when they finally pan the camera to where it is, that's when the jump scare comes. There's it, it happens so often that I was like, oh, okay, there's going to be a jump scare here. But in terms of storyline, it was pretty good. As a, a not, I'm not going to spoil it for you because it's still in theaters, select theaters right now. But you should be able to stream it by the middle of this month. So maybe I'll, I'll do a deeper dive in that on that movie in the future. But it, to anyone who's seen it, don't. I, I maybe you can agree with me on this. I just did not like the ending. I thought the ending was weak, and it kind of took away from what I thought was a pretty good character development storyline of the main character, who, by the way, is played by uh, a girl named what's her name? Anyway, she's Kevin Bacon's daughter, but she looks Latina. And I was like, oh, maybe Kevin Bacon made a baby with a, a beautiful Latina woman. But no, it's with K- Kira Sedgwick, who you might know as the closer from that TV show, The Closer. And she's white. She's white as she's white as Pace, too. So I was surprised because the main girl. Let me let me look her up, man, just so I can give her the props that she deserves. Because I thought she was pretty good. Sosie, Sosie Bacon, S-O-S-I-E. She looks like Gina Rodriguez to me. So, I was like, I did not. If you told me to name which celebrity I thought was the father of Sosie Bacon without knowing her name, I would have probably named, uh, like John Leguizamo or somebody Latino, because she didn't look like she doesn't look like uh, she doesn't look white. Anyway, she was pretty good. I just didn't like the ending and what that ending meant for her character. That's not really a spoiler, because I'm not telling you what happens. But yeah. So there's that. Smile, what would I rank it out of 10? Um, Like a 7. Se- 7, a solid 7 out of 10, which is pretty good for me because horror movies usually are pretty garbage, right? Most of the mo- horror movies that I've seen are like 4, 3, 5 out of 10. There's only a few that are like 8, 9. I don't think I've ever given a horror movie a 10 out of 10. I think the highest I would have given was like maybe like an 8. Which would probably go to something like Host or I don't know. I can't really think of other horror movies right now. Like I really did not like Hereditary that much. Hereditary to me is like a six. And I know lo- people love that movie. And then Midsommar, that can be a three for all I care. That movie was garbage. Um, but yeah, Smile is like a seven. Oh, speaking of other good horror movies... Here's a movie that I think is like an 8 or 7.5, but also fell flat on the ending, in my opinion. But it did have a better storyline than Smile, for me, was Barbarian, which uh, we watched maybe a week and a half ago. Barbarian was actually really good. It had a good mix of humor, horror, thriller. It had good character development. It had... A pretty interesting backstory that makes you want to hopefully see a sequel. But I guess Smile does the same thing too. Makes you want to see a sequel. But Barbarian was also very good. So I would recommend watching Barbarian. As well as Smile. Like I wouldn't... If I had to choose between the two, it's tough. But maybe Barbarian inches it out by just a little bit. But if you can watch both. And if you're a fan of horror movies, I think you will have a good time. Oh, also Bodies, 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 by the way. Pretty good movie. Though that's more of a slasher thriller no slasher mystery 
that one was actually pretty good also. I think I did talk about it last time. So yeah, those are the horror movies. Did I watch anything? Oh, we watched Pearl. Pearl was also pretty good. Pearl is a prequel to a movie that came out last year or early this year. It's called X. It's an A24 movie, I think. So, you know, A24 makes all these weird movies like Hereditary, etc. I think A24 also did um, Barbarian. Anyway, they, it's a prequel to the movie X. So if you haven't seen the movie X, you should watch it first. Because when you watch Pearl, it goes into the story of the main character villain in X, but her younger self, in set in the 1910s, no, World War II? Yeah, probably World War II, like the 1940s. So it's called Pearl, that's the name of the character in the movie, it's also the name of the villain in X. But X is, just to give you a little back, uh, history about X, or a little uh, synopsis of X, it's a film where a crew of ragtag no they're not even ragtag it's a it's a guy who is filming a porno with these with a group of people including the crew and then their porn stars kid cuddy is in it he's he's a porn star britney snow is in it she's a porn star and mia goth who plays both oh by the way mia goth i did not make this connection and it's not a spoiler but she plays pearl in the Pearl movie, but she also plays the old Pearl in X, but she also plays a completely different character named Maxine, who's the main girl in X. I know I've confused you already just by saying all this stuff, but they film a porno on a farm, and on that farm lives an old couple named Pearl and Winston or something like that, and then they just start killing the porn crew one by one. That's the story of X. And in Pearl which we just watched a week uh, last week, is a prequel, and it's a different tone, completely different tone. Still a slasher movie, but it's completely different to X. And actually, low-key, I kind of enjoyed it a little bit more. So if you liked X, then you might like Pearl. But also, if you found X a little slow, like I did, then you might enjoy Pearl even more. So go watch Pearl. Mia Goth is really good. She's really good. Like, I, I haven't seen her in anything else besides these two movies. She was in that Nymphomaniac movie, which I never watched. But she's really good in Pearl as well. I think Actually, she shines in Pearl more than she did in X. What else did we watch? Um, Oh, two other... See, I watched a lot of movies this week. So two new movies. See How They Run is another one that I watched. That one is... It's like a, a poor man's knives out. It's It's a mystery someone committed a crime uh, someone committed a murder in a theater and they're trying to fight figure out who it is they have a bumbling detective they have a uh preppy sidekick detective girl played by shersha ronan the main guy's uh sam rockwell who was okay in this which is weird because he's normally great in everything he was sakto lang in uh see how they run but overall it was also pretty entertaining it's no knives out though knives out hands down is like the better movie. And out of like murder mystery movies, Knives Out has got to be like the best one in recent years. I mean, better than Murder on the Nile or, or Orient Express, the reboot versions. So yeah, Knives Out, I would highly recommend Knives Out. If you've seen Knives Out, you should watch See How They Run. If you haven't seen Knives Out, make sure you watch 
see how they run first so that when you watch Knives Out, you're like, Knives Out was better. Because <laughs> see how they run, I was just a little disappointed because it wasn't as good as Knives Out, although it was still entertaining. And then uh, the movie that, that is in theaters right now that maybe a lot of you have probably already seen is Black Adam, which was surprisingly not as bad as I thought it was going to be because the re- the critics came in and, and like pretty much shit on it. Let's check its Rotten Tomato source. Black Adam Rotten Tomato. It's like a 40%. 40%. Yeah, I called it. So it's at 40%. Honestly, it's more of a 60% movie in my opinion. I don't think it's a 40%. It's a 6 out of 10 movie. So that's why I say it should be a 60%. Is it great? No. Are there? But there are great fight scenes. Like, there are some great fight scenes. Too much slow-mo, which tends to happen. I don't know why in DC movies. I don't know why they love slow-mo so much. It Slow-mo is great in doses. Kind of like the Quicksilver scene in Days of Future Past. Or... Or like the in in Eternals, the 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 fast chick, like that makes sense, right? Because she's super fast. Everything has to move in slow mo. But like every fight scene had slow mo, and it got a little bit old. The Rock was I like The Rock, right? I, I I'll watch anything with The Rock in it. But The Rock just kind of played the same guy, for better or for worse. I mean, he sells tickets doing that, so. Maybe he's like maybe it felt he felt like it was a safe way to go, but the character of Black Adam really had no uh, growth. I mean, there's a there's a storyline, but then you're wondering like why? <laughs> why is this storyline even happening? It feels like there's no character progression for Black Adam as a character. The best part of that movie is uh, and uh, minor spoilers because you see them in the trailer. They introduce the uh, Justice Society of America, which was, you know, I don't know much about DC lore, but the Justice Society uh, was like part and actually came before the Justice League. So based on I Googled, what's the difference between Justice Society and Justice League? So Justice Society was created during the golden age of comics. And then the Justice League uh, was created during the silver age. So Golden age came first. So it's an older society. And in the society, they had mm, Hawkman. Uh, what the fuck's the name? Ant-Man guy. The, ant, the guy who can grow. Molecular man. Adam Smasher. Now, there you go. <laughs> Adam Smasher. Then they had this wind girl named, I think her name was Cyclone. And then the best part of the movie, hands down, was Pierce Brosnan playing a character named Dr. Fate, who I'd never heard of. But he's like a cooler Doctor Strange. He's like what I wish his fight scenes in this are what I wish Doctor Strange's fight scenes look like all the time. Although Doctor Strange did have a cool fight scene in Infinity War against Thanos, that was really sick. And I like the musical battle note in um, Multiverse of Madness. But I wish that they did more of what Doctor Fate's action scenes look like in this one. So back to where I was saying. Because of Dr. Fate and because of Hawkman and a little bit because of uh, the other two, the Black Adam was a passable movie. Now, they have a, they have a teenage kid in the movies all, who's always on his fucking skateboard. And then there's this just a little spoiler here. There's just this, you'll know when you watch it. It's like the corniest, cringiest scene 
it's towards the end of the movie. If you've watched it, message me and let me know that you know what I'm talking about. He just, it's so, it's so hard to watch. You're like, what the fuck is this kid doing? <laughs> uh, and the villain was weak, like, weak in terms of, I don't remember his name. I don't remember any of the characters' names except for the Justice Society. I don't remember the main girl. There's a human girl who's the mother of that teenage kid who I don't remember any of their names. I just remember Black Adam and the and the Justice Society because they were the I mean the Justice Society was the best part and of course Black Adam's the title of the movie. But the um, yeah, it's still passable. I mean, it was still there was still some besides the action, there was some humor which was nice. Um, DC movies usually are known for being too uh, hardcore and too serious, right? So this had a pretty good mix. It wasn't in-your-face comedy like Thor Love and excuse me, Thor Love and Thunder, which I hated because it was a it was a stand-up comedy special, but in comic book movie form. That's why I hated Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, you know, I've run I've run into people who are like, "What? You didn't like that movie?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that movie sucks." Like, can you point out to me what was good about Thor, Love, and Thunder? Besides Christian Bale, who did really good for the, maybe like the eight minutes of screen time that he got in that film. It was just not a, not a, it was nothing compared to Thor Ragnarok, which was so good. And like, I'm not a Thor heater. Like Thor 1, Thor 2, not so good, right? Thor 1, if you're going to rank the Thor movies, it goes Thor 3, 1, Two, four. I, I, I don't really did not like the the latest one. Like I'm putting t- Thor two, <laughs> the Dark World, over that one because at least Dark World was was you know, it was a little bit more serious. So yeah, Black Adam. Would I recommend watching it in theaters? That's the tough one. You know, as much as I want the DC universe to succeed, I just I I don't know why they can't get it right. I don't know what they are doing wrong. Well, actually, I kind of do. But at the same time, why do they keep making the same mistakes? It baffles me. They should have stuck with, like, like the, the new, what do you call that? Not Justice League. The new Suicide Squad was really good. They should have just built off of that success. Like, they should have emulated that feel. But this felt like a great 2007 comic book movie, Black Adam. Like, if you told me, hey, Black Adam, that movie came out in 2007, I'd be like, yeah, cool. I wouldn't disagree with you. It looked, it, CGI was not super great. And the movie felt like a 2007 movie. I don't know any better way to describe it. It doesn't really make sense, I think, to anyone, anyone but me. But it it feels like a 2007 movie, for if that makes if that means anything to you. Anyway, so those are the movies that I watched. Um, in terms of stuff that I did, we went to go do a breakout room in Century City Mall. Uh, the, in Century City Mall in Makati, they have a Mystery Manila, and my experience with Mystery Manila was I did the Debbie's Doll Room a few like years ago. Which they still have, by the way. So they haven't really changed up their game rooms. I guess because it's probably their most popular one. It's a scary um, a breakout room. So when I did Debbie's Doll years ago, it was actually really fun. Because it was scary, but the clues were 
you know, it, we were able to solve some of the clues. Ultimately, we almost finished it, but we lost in the end. But, uh, fuck, man. Just thinking about it makes me want to throw up because <laughs> we did a room called Alien Invasion. And I swear to God, the, the, the first clue, the first main clue to open, like, to, to do, to like progress through the, the thing was goddamn impossible. Like it was fucking, it was impossible. I, I can't think of any other way to describe it. Like when you do breakout rooms, if you've never done it, here's how it works, right? So they, they put you in a room and you're supposed to look around the room for clues and shit. Uh, you look for patterns, you look for, uh, you know, you look for any sort of, yeah, like clues to open the door, to turn on the lights, whatever it may be, depending on the, the scenario that you're in, that they give you. But this first clue was so hard, like impossible. So when you're in a game room like that, if you can't figure out the clue, you can call for a hint from the game master, which is one of the staff working. And then they, they penalize you in terms of time. So they'll add like five minutes to your score if you care about that. So normally that's how it works. So if you can't find a clue, the game master comes in and then they show you the clue. They help you out. They give you a little bit of a nudge. And then you're like, normally, normally, you're like, oh, damn, I can't believe we missed that. That makes sense. Oh, I feel so stupid that I didn't. I, I'm so stupid that I missed that. It's so obvious. But when the game master came in for the clue, because for the life of us, we couldn't fucking figure it out. The game master came in and, and then he started giving us these clue, the, the clue. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, brother? He was explaining it over and over. It, it was a super technical, like very niche, like knowledge. You'd have to be a coder. I know that's a spoiling a little bit. If you ever, I do not recommend that room, by the way. But if you want to do it, it's a minor spoiler, but you need to have, um, knowledge of computer coding and i've never done that and they make you it's like the clues were created by someone who is a super villain trying to trick batman because they really require you to stretch your imagination to the point where you're like that's fucking who would do that what kind of savant do you expect to play your game that would get that and then i asked him too i said how many people have completed this clue or how many people have completed this room without getting a clue and they said he said zero which means that they the room is impossible to complete without asking for a clue which is not how game room should work you should be able to figure it out and only when you ask for the clue when you get the clue you should be like damn i could have solved that you basically it should be solvable and that, that was the that, that and that was just the fucking first clue. I don't want to go on a rant on the there's another clue like I think it's the third main clue. I figured out the second one which was made sense to me and would make sense to most people. The third clue. Oh, don't even get me started on the third clue, bro. The, the third clue I'll I'll just spoil it for you. So the third clue made you decipher these codes for these these like symbols into a, into words, right? So there were four words in alien symbols, and I deciphered it. And here were the words, okay? Ship, conflict, invasion, and 
something else, battle or fight or something like that. Now, I need from those four letters, we had to gather a three letter, a three letter code from those four words. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you an hour if you want to pause the podcast and do it on by yourself. Write those four words down and come up with a three word code. Okay. Now that you've unpaused and you figured out that it's fucking, what are you talking about? What do those four words have to do with anything that makes three words? Well, the thing is, when we called the game master, he came in and said, okay, which of those four words has three words that are the same? So I was like, uh, battle, conflict, and whatever the other one was, right? And he's like, what's a synonym for those three words? <laughs> you know, like I can imagine the evil villain rubbing his hands. What's the synonym for those three words? And I was like, are you, are you serious? The, the clue is war. And he's like, that's correct. And I was like, that's kind of a stretch too, man. I was already like mad. I was like, this is so dumb. Because they did not add any sort of context at all. There, I told him, I said, there should be some sort of atmospheric voice coming out of the speaker saying something like, look at the similarities or something that would make me think I need to look at the similar three words. And from those three words, I have to come up with a synonym. None of that. None of it. It was, oh God, it was infuriating. I never, I didn't ask for my money back, but it's the first time where I felt like I wanted a refund because it felt like I was being cheated. Like I could make a better escape room if I had the funds and someone to design the room. Like I could make better clues. Cause that shit was, that was ridiculous. So if you ever go to Mystery Manila, don't do the alien invasion room. Or if you want to do it, I already gave you the fucking, well, I didn't give you the first clue. Cause I even, see, here's the thing. If you ask me to explain the first clue to you right now, I don't know how to do it. That's how fucking difficult it is to comprehend. It involved mixing colors and, and there's no clue about mixing colors. They, okay, I'm just gonna fucking spoil it. They give you five colors, right? Five colors. Red, blue, yellow, purple, and orange. And they give you a screen and you look on the screen and you see red, blue, and yellow on there. So you kind of get some clues. But you're like, where's orange and whatever? But when you turn this little visual thing on the... They give you like a binoculars thing that changes the colors. You can see orange in a different scope. So we thought that was the clue. No, no, no. No, no, no. You have to think like, oh, no, you have to mix red and blue to make orange or whatever the mixture is. Like, fucking, I have to know the primary colors and the fucking color wheel. Shit was ass. Don't ever do that. <laughs> Don't ever do alien invasion. Okay? So there's that. Um, what else did I do? Sorry, I just ranted again. I was ranting about that the whole fucking day after we did it. Mm. Other than that, man, <coughs> uh, my voice is kind of ass right now. It still hurts. Um, I don't know. I, I've been recovering from something. It's not COVID. I took a COVID test. It's not COVID. But... I don't know. I'm not 100% at all. Although I've been eating clean. And uh, I am... What day is it today? Friday? I am nine days nicotine free. 
Holy. And I looked it up. I was like, is this the smoker's flu? You guys know what the smoker's flu is? Supposedly, you get it after you're, you're, if you're, in, you know, if you're heavy into nicotine or you're, you're a regular nicotine taker, whether it be vape or smoking cigarettes, that once you quit cold turkey, you get like sick. They call it the smoker's flu. Go Google it. So maybe I have the smoker's flu, but it's been nine days. That includes vape, it includes Icos, and, in, and of course, cigarettes. It's not that, I don't know. The first few days were kind of tough, but have I been craving a cigarette? Yeah. When I see it on TV, I'm like, damn, I want a cigarette. <laughs> or, but vape, I, I, I was able to clear my vape, um, temptation because I don't have any pods on me right now, like relics pods. And Icos, I don't have any Icos sticks, heats on me either. So wish me luck. I'm trying to get to 30 days. Uh, I'm hoping to get back to my college shape of, of nicotine where I could smoke a cigarette and then not smoke one for like three weeks. Like I would only smoke a cigarette when I went out, maybe two or three, and then I wouldn't smoke one for another month. That's how I used to do it in college. So I'm hoping I can reach that, uh, that, that, that level of nicotine tolerance, I guess is the, the right way to say it. All right. Uh, oh, I have some stuff. Uh, I got some messages from some of the listeners here. Uh, this one from CB. I'm just going to use some aliases. CB says, uh, Hi, JC. Glad you're safe and sound in the Philippines. May I know if you are hearing people who are losing followers here on Instagram? I've been seeing people who are losing followers, and I think it's pretty sad. Also, I can't wait for your new podcast once you feel like posting a new one. Uh, thank you for that. Losing followers, I think, it's become more common now simply because people are being forced to post reels because reels is what everyone watches now because that is what Instagram is pushing. I, that's my theory. I, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's confirmed. I don't think there's any study behind it. This is just my theory. Okay. If you post a photo on Instagram, like what used to be, maybe let's say, if you posted a photo that was high, that people engage with, maybe 50 or 60% of your followers would see it. Now, if you post a photo, even if it does well, maybe only 20 or 30% of people will see it. So what are people forced to do? They're supposed to, they're, they're, I mean, at least the people who care about likes and whatever, they're forced to post reels now, videos or even just images, but in the form of reels. So. That's good for people who are good at creating videos or have content that translates well to reels. But for people who are maybe just uh, casual users of Instagram and they post a reel, but you're like, why are you posting a reel? Like, this is ugly. Like, this doesn't, this isn't why I followed you for. I could imagine that some people who see these reels are like, what the fuck is this? I'm unfollowing you. That's how I, that's, I'm, that's my guess. As someone who, kind of understands the the what do you call it the relationship between content posted and like losing followers like i lose followers all the time i think i'm pretty sure because a i don't post that often b i don't really have a theme to my instagram so what ends up like so what how did i get followers in the first place i guess is a is a good question so i i'd get followers either through i would before uh, this was before where i would post uh photos and then I would use hashtags. And then people would follow me based on those hashtags. But most of those follows 
were really follow for follow like mentality. They followed me in the hopes that I would follow them back. Right? That's one way that like I gained followers before. And then they I guess they just never unfollowed. Or they ended up staying because they like my shit. Excuse me. Which is rare. The the main organic way I gained followers on Instagram was my job. I worked at RX, the radio station, like Monster RX 93.1. Ooh, sounds good to say. Um, so when I worked there, the people who listened to the station were like, oh, who's this DJ? Oh, I like his work. Oh, he's funny. Oh, he's cool. Uh, and they followed me. And that's like the, that's like the main bulk of my followers are people who actually found me interesting or entertaining in some way. That's the other main way I got followers. The third way, which as I think is becoming more common now, is people who found me through another social media platform. Now, that's nothing new, but the biggest thing now, of course, nowadays is TikTok. And although I only have 5,000-something followers on TikTok, it's not a lot, right? But when a, when a video of mine like gained traction on TikTok, when, when like one of my videos would pop off, and get like 30, 40, 50,000 views, which is not that big in terms of the TikTok world. But for me, it's pretty big. When I would get those videos that would pop off, I would be, I would be exposed, you know, that's bastos, but I would be exposing myself to people who don't know me. And then they would go to my TikTok and my Instagram is linked to my TikTok. And then I would gain followers there. So that's the other way that I've gained, uh, following. But I'm constantly losing because I'm not consistent with my posting, whether it be a theme or just upload consistency. Like, I rarely post. The people who still maintain a large audience on Instagram, you know, besides celebrities, like the people who are, you know, influencers or, or artists or any, any sort of whatever niche that you're in, food, they post almost daily or at least seven times a week, at least once a day. That's what's recommended. Sometimes two a day. I don't fucking have enough photos or videos that I that I feel is like worthy of posting. That's why I don't do it, and that's why I'm losing followers. And that's why and nobody watches like nobody watches the videos I post. Well, I guess they do, but it's not it's not a lot. And it's re- like reels like reels are are really I, I think of reels as um, like attention deficit disorder um, videos, which is not a bad thing because I, I watch reels all the time. But it's, 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 um, how do I say this? I, I'm proud of the videos I make that are long, two minutes, two minutes and a half. But when I post it, hardly anyone watches it because either they don't care, which I mean, I don't expect them to care. But also, but they're like, damn, that's too fucking long. Let me skip to the next uh, six second video of somebody twerking on the staircase. And, and then like hitting somebody with a balloon, right? Because that, that's what people watch. People watch those six, seven, eight, nine, ten second videos, and there's a so much clickbait, and it's it's become so annoying and inauthentic. And you know, I, I feel like if I want to compete, I have to feed into that machine. And I a part of me is like I should do it, you know, so that because you can make money on social media. But the other side of me is like. That's so dumb. I don't do that, right? I mean, what's the hot trend right now? I saw that squirrels video, right? There's squirrels in my pants. Like, why the fuck would I do that? Holding my hand and then opening it up and there's someone in the frame saying there's squirrels in my pants. (laughs) 
like never in my life uh, did I never in my life would I conceptualize that that was something that I would ever do. Like, oh, that sounds like a fun video. Let's open our hand, and then in the frame of our hand, we'll have someone there. And what are they going to say? There's squirrels in my pants, and that's going to pop off. And it, for some reason, it fucking did. I don't know, man. Call me crazy, but that shit is whack. <laughs> there are some trends that I like, though. Uh, and if I could dance 100%, I would be putting out dance videos left and right, but I can't. All right? So maybe it's just a matter of me finding a niche that I can do that is short-form content. But short-form is just, like, I don't know. Like, here's another example. I'm sorry I'm boring you, but maybe you'll find this interesting. Like, so the these two-minute-long vlogs that I've been posting lately, I spend hours on them. And it's mo- It's really just for me. Right, that's the mentality that I come into it. Like it's for my memory, so that I can go back in, in a year or two and just check it out. Like, oh my god, that was so much fun. But I also want to, you know, impress. I dress to impress in a sense. Like I want to make a nice video so that if anyone, because it's a public page, my page. So when someone does come upon it, I hope that they enjoy it. But those garner not even two thousand views, and 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 they count views in terms of maybe like eight seconds is a view. So I don't even know if they watch the whole way. But then I filmed uh, early last year when I cut my hair. I filmed a 10-second video of me lip-syncing to the open up the safe, bitches got a lot to say, whoa. And I flip, and then my hair is gone. That shit has like 16,000 views. And I spent, I mean, filming it was kind of a pain because lip-syncing it was hard. But if I got it done in two takes, because I needed the short hair, long hair, it would have taken me no longer than... 20 seconds no like a minute to film it both sides and it got twelve thousand views and what substance does that bring yeah sure it looks cool yeah sure you can see me with my new hair but it doesn't add value in my opinion to any like and that's my biggest i that's for me that's the kind of the biggest um dilemma that i'm having right now as a I like to, I mean, I like to say I'm a content creator, but I'm putting stuff out that I'm proud of, but no one sees it. And the thing is, it's not also my followers' fault. It, it's, it's the algorithm. When I post shit that I like, but it's not what the general, you know, the 15 year old, 14 year old TikTok attention span people like, it gets uh, pushed into the back of the, the the back burner, and it never sees the light of day to a lot of my followers. So anyway, I'm sorry I went off too long uh, on that CB, but uh, maybe that's maybe that should give you some insight as to why people are losing followers on Instagram. And you know what? I've said it on the Halada show a lot of times. <coughs> Excuse me. I was super into follow following following sorry following. And, and, uh, engagement rate and likes. This was when I was, uh, and I had a pretty high engagement rate on Instagram where I was had like, I literally had like a 10 to 12% engagement rate, which is high as fuck, right? For Instagram. Um, so that means engagement rate, just to refresh your memory, if you don't know what it is or if you've heard of it but forgot, is that if you have 1,000 followers and you post a photo and it gets a hundred likes, that means that your engagement rate is 10% because you have a thousand followers, but you got 10% in the, in the terms of likes. 
So that's what it means. Like 10% of your following engage with your content. That's what it, it, that's what engagement rate means. So now my engagement rate is literally like 2%. It's, it's not good. It, it's not good. So that is the, you know, that's, that I was super into studying all that and finding the right way because I was making money on Instagram. I was making five, six, seven, eight, sometimes even ten to twelve thousand pesos per post, which is great money for fucking taking a photo. But then it came to the point where I was obsessing over likes and engagement rate that it became stressful where I would post and a post didn't do well to the point where I was going around the office when I was still working in the office, like, hey, can you guys like my post so that the client will get me again? Like, it was like that. And it, it felt so fake. You know, it came to the point where I was like, this is so fucking stupid. So after that, I stopped doing it. I, I stopped caring how many likes I got. I stopped caring about what kind of photos... I needed to post. I, so if you look at my Instagram now, I just post shit that I feel like is stuff that I want to remember. And I'm just hoping that maybe others will like it along the way. But I don't care if others watch it or not. You know? I still try to post at peak hours because I want to show people what I did. But if, if they don't see it, I mean, you know, it's not really my loss or theirs, right? So yeah, there we go. Let's move. Let's move on. Sorry. I, that was a long... I was pretty passionate about that. Okay, here's one from uh, AP. AP, this is, uh, I'm using a pseudonym for you. AP says, because, uh, you know, I've talked about NoFap and stuff here on the, the podcast. And there he, uh, they sent me an article. Well, I'll just say he, because you can't even guess. He sent me an article from iflscience.com. So first of all, I had to look up what that was. So it's kind of like BuzzFeed, but for science articles, I think. But. The article title is Why Men Should Masturbate 21 Times According to Science. So maybe AP is just asking, isn't masturbating healthy? Why would you condone NoFap? I don't think he's like shitting on me for, you know, condoning NoFap, but he's saying on the other side of things, isn't fapping healthy? I think that's what he's trying to get at. Uh, And you know what? In terms of science, I read the article, but in terms of science, yeah, I think there is some truth to once you, uh, you know, pardon the crassness, but once you ejaculate, it clears the pipes or whatever and helps prevent, as this article says, prostate cancer. But the, one of the biggest things of NoFap is to get people who are not sexually active because they don't have confidence or to speak to, I'm just using it from a guy's perspective. To speak to women, well, I guess I mean in this case men too, right? If you're if you're if you're if you're gay, then, then you know it. No fap kind of kept people keeps guys from pursuing sexual partners because they're already content with the fapping. So the no fap is meant to get you laid. <laughs> in a sense, it's meant to restart your sexual awakening in a sense and fix your you know if you have any issues sexually it's meant to fix that and that's the that's the gist of it so upon reading the article it seems to be that it's once you orgasm or or ejaculate 
then that is the health benefit that you get. So it's not necessarily not masturbating. It's just not ejaculating. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this on the podcast again. But that's the whole point. So you could still do nofap, but find a sexual partner and still get the quote-unquote scientific benefits of avoiding or reducing the risk of prostate cancer. I think that's that's what I'm trying to... Unless I misread the article or if there's a excerpt in the article that says masturbating versus... Masturbating, finishing versus sexual... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, sexual intercourse finishing provide different prostate cancer benefits, which I don't think there is a difference. Um, then that's what it, that's what I'm trying to get at. So there are definitely benefits to orgasm or whatever, right? There, there's definitely benefits to it. You feel more relaxed. Uh, you clear that, what do you call that? that? That brain fog, some call it brain fog, where you're not thinking clearly. You make bad decisions, right? If you're, if you're horny, like that, that it clears that up. So there are definitely benefits. I'm not saying like masturbation is the devil. It's more of the porn aspect that, that NoFap was kind of is set to target, right? So I hope that answered your question. Anyway, you can see I can talk a lot about stuff that, that you guys send me. Uh, so because I got two messages, I literally spoke for an extra 25 minutes on on topics that I didn't even have, I wouldn't have had planned had you not messaged. So if you do want me to talk about stuff on the podcast, please message me on uh, Tevez of the Best. I do plan to post more stuff on there. I, I'm going to try to start making audiograms. I just don't know how. But I, I know I need to post more stuff there so that be more active. Because surprisingly, in the month that I took off, not recording, I still had 500 something, 600 people listen to me, which is touching. Like I hadn't put out any new episodes. So which either means the people who've caught up were listening to old episodes or the people, people were still discovering me and, and continued to listen. Either way, it feels good, man. All right. I do have some videos out on Instagram. I'm, I'm posting another one tonight. So if you do want to check those out and, 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 uh, you know, help me beat the Instagram algorithm, uh, if you want, uh, please do. It's, uh, it's me, JC. And that's the podcast. And enjoy your weekend. Uh, we might go to, what's it called? Season Pass? Season Pass, which is the, that, that kind of flea market shit that Rika G loves going to or loved going to when she was here. So I'll update you on the Friday or on Halala Show when we record this week. Oh, speaking of, we have two Halala Show episodes out. All right. They're both sponsored episodes. Uh, just get it out of the way. They are sponsored episodes, but they are good listens. The first one is, uh, is our partnership with Sun Life where we talk about winning the lotto and what we would do with the money. And in that episode, if you listen through, you can see that you have a chance to win 50,000 pesos worth of gift certs. So that's one. The second one, which uh, will be uploaded tomorrow, is a Tres Leches mix where we interview an endocrinologist named Dr. Eric Mendoza. And we talk about type 2 diabetes. And it, for me, it really was eye-opening. I was like, fuck, man, I got to change my lifestyle, which I didn't even talk about on today's podcast. But I have been eating clean for the last nine days, along with the nicotine kick, you know, kicking the nicotine. So I'm really trying to make a, a difference in my life. Not only because I did the, you know, not only because I did that interview, but I also want to do it for myself. But I learned a lot about diabetes and that, you know, if you, if you 
curb it early. You can avoid it completely. Like Rika could have curbed her shit, but she didn't. And now she has fucking diabetes. <laughs> but it's a good listen. Okay, that's it. Enjoy your weekend and I'll catch you all. Say it with me later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 